Hi everyone, I hope you're all really well. I thought I'd come on to introduce my first ever special episode. Not only is this my first out-of-season instalment, but it's with my first ever sports star. Oh, and it's in honour of the huge Super Bowl weekend. I'm joined by Jason Bell, the ex-NFL star who has played for the New York Giants, amongst other teams. We cover it all, the relationship between sport and food, the mental health implications when retiring from the sporting world, why peanut butter sandwiches are so important to him, and his predictions for Sunday's game. So, grab your Super Bowl grub, a keg of beer, and enjoy this very fun special episode ahead of this weekend's big game. I am so excited to be partnering up with Gorillas again this season. The original sexy grocery delivery app is revolutionising online shopping. Fresh food delivered to your door in minutes, catering to all your food needs. Operating in nine countries around the world, Gorillas supports small businesses as well as local producers to bring your favourite brands to your door. Run out of wine during the dinner party? Gorillas can sort that. Run out of eggs for your Sunday morning pancakes? Gorillas can also sort that. Don't believe me when I say how great they are? Then download their app and get £10 off your first order when you spend £20. Use the code SEXY10 at checkout and thank me later. Hello and welcome to the Crazy Sexy Food Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Harley-Young. This podcast is all about the love of food and how it plays a part in our lives. I sit down with well-known personalities, food experts, chefs and people who just love their food to find out all about their life, career and their favourite tastes along the way. Today I'm joined by my first ever sportsman. Finally, Jason Bell played for the NFL, most notably for the New York Giants, the Dallas Cowboys and the Houston Texans. He played football at college for UCLA, which in American speak is a hugely prestigious opportunity as a young adult. Born in California, he's currently in the UK where he fronts the NFL show on the BBC, as well as hosting his own podcast, the Jason and Osi podcast, with fellow ex-NFL player Osi Yumeniora. Not only am I excited to delve into the mind of a sportsman, but I get a real-life American footballer to tell me all about how food plays a part through an incredibly competitive sport. And I get to hear all about his thoughts on this year's big Super Bowl weekend. Jason, welcome to Crazy Sexy Food. Thank you very much. I love the title, Crazy Sexy Food. It is awesome. So uh, (laughs) I appreciate this. This is going to be cool. Oh, thank you so much. So, Jason, where are you? Where are we recording from? We're in the UK, but whereabouts? I'm in London. Nice. North London. Holding it down. And are you here? Is this is this your permanent home now? Or are you sort of back and forth from America? You know what? This is pretty much my home. As long as they still allow me to be here, I'm going to stay. I, I am back and forth, but I spend 90% of my time here in the UK. Nice. And I and I in a bit I am going to be asking you a little bit about what you miss in America food-wise, but I always start my conversations with what did you have for breakfast today? Oh, today. Today was work day, work grind. So, eggs, eggs and um a smoothie. That was that was how okay. I rolled this morning. And what's your preference on how your eggs are? 
Um, it all depends on who's cooking them. If I'm cooking them, however they turn out. If there's other people, you know, I can get, I can ask for a little specialty kind of situations, but it all depends on who's processing this. So uh, I don't have the skills. Uh, I got, I got the taste buds, but I don't got the skills. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, listen, I want to take it back to your childhood a bit. You were born in Long Beach, California. I want to know what life was like growing up. What were you eating? Who was cooking? Did food play a part in your life? Like, was, was it important? Oh, it was huge. I, Long Beach is a very multicultural city, which allowed me to basically try and try all different type, types of food. And that's how I got to know a lot of my friends um, is because of the food we ate uh, and when I would visit their homes. And in my home upbringing, you know, my grandmother was a big cook. And when she was alive, I mean, everything was surrounding the dinner table and all the conversations were in the kitchen while the cooking was happening. So I have a great relationship with food because of all of the memories that come with it. And can you give me some kind of like idea of some of the dishes that I guess remind you of your childhood? Oh, wow. Um, you know, I think a, really a lot of holiday dishes, like we call it dressing. <laughs> so, I mean, any like anything around Christmas, Thanksgiving, things of that nature, I always remember. Because I just always remember my grandmother cooking. She was, uh, you know, I was really close with her and I was young when she passed away. So, but I just remember her cooking. You know, it was the first time she could cook a pizza from scratch, you know. It was just that right, kind okay. of stuff. So yeah, all, all of the things that involved her um, around the holidays is what I really remember. And I mean, I guess this is a bit of an obvious question. I mean, you know, becoming a football player and actually succeeding in it is and requires huge dedication. But was football always the dream growing up? Like, was that what you wanted to do and you were going to go and get it? It was a dream because as a kid who doesn't want to play the sport they're passionate about as a job, you know, who doesn't want that? And so, yeah, it was it was a dream, but I never I always tell people I never skipped a step. And what I mean by that is I never thought when I first started playing, you know, at a 12 years old that I wanted to go pro. I just wanted to go to the next level. So I wanted to be good at my school team. Then I wanted to go to college. And then after college, I was like, I want to keep doing this. And to do this, I got to play professionally. So that's how I always thought about it. Being a pro wasn't the end goal. Being involved with the game was. And I guess like when you're in it, you're not really, you're obviously thinking about the next steps, but you're sort of, you're enjoying what you're doing so much. Like, as you said, when you were playing at school, you then wanted to play at college. And then when you got to college, you were like, well, I'm doing what I wanted to do however many years ago. So like, what's next kind of thing. And I, that's so, lo I, I love stories like this. And obviously in the run up to this chat, I have done a little bit of American football research. Um, and I mentioned in the intro that, you know, playing for your high school or playing for your college in America is hugely, hugely prestigious. Um, and you then went on to play for some of the biggest, most globally renowned teams in the world, um, such as the New York Giants, the Dallas Cowboys. What is what was like each experience like with with each team? You know, you're in a completely different state. You know, I can imagine being with in New York was very different to being in Texas. You know, what can you remember from those times? You know, it was different. But the thing that made it 
very similar and why it worked is I had a team. In each of these situations, regardless of where I was, I had a, a group of people that I could attach myself to. Um, in, in, in a room of people, I could find 10 or 15 new friends. You know, I had this pool of people uh, that I think is a unique experience. So even though the cities are different, I could plug in because of that locker room. And that's what made it so fun. Like you said, going to New York was a lot different than being in Texas. But when I first got there, I knew a friend I grew up with that played on the team who guided me in the city. And he was like, this is what you have to do. You know, follow my lead. These are the things you need to do and that are necessary to survive in New York. So, yeah, yeah it, it, it's what made it, it. It made it so welcoming and comforting, comforting and not as scary. You know, a lot of times I, I would say a lot of people make decisions in life and they truly are alone out there. But in sports, you're not. So true, actually. So true. I didn't, I didn't, wouldn't have even thought about that because obviously I am not a professional sportsman. But anyway, um, you know, I think one of the other things I'm really interested with, especially with something like the NFL that is so globally known, is there must be so much pressure on you as a player. And I know that you're working within a team, but, you know, all of you are sort of like playing for like, you know, you become one, essentially. Do you guys, like, I can't imagine, you know, back when you were playing, I mean, it wasn't a crazy long time ago. Are you guys offered things like psychological support? And, you know, like, do you get all of those little bits as well along the way? Yes, I think now, especially. So each team I was on, we had a lot of support. And I was lucky because of that. And it's, they know, and the NFL understands that, the better you are as a person, you're probably going to perform better. And they care about you as an individual. So for the most part, everything you needed, it was there. Those resources were there in my experience. And now it's even better. And even now that I retired, there's a lot of options and things that are available if I need it. Uh, players are very aware of the pressures that they have to deal with on and off the field. And it's okay to go out there and try to find whatever resource you need uh, to make sure you solve those personal issues you have. It, it, it just makes you a better human, which is what it's all about. And, and especially when you're on that team environment, trying to get on the same page for that year. Because remember, you have one year for everybody to get on the same page for this common goal. You got to become a family in one year. It is very intense. So they, they provide everything uh, necessary to make that possible. And then kind of like linking it back to the food, I want to know what your diet is like when you're in the absolute thick of like football season. You know, how strict do you guys need to be? Because listen, I, I know enough about American football, but I'm, I'm, I'm no expert. But you guys, majority of you, I would say, are quite big. <laughs> you know, it's not <laughs> like you're kind of like like our soccer players in the UK who are actually quite lean and like quite a lot of them are actually quite small guys in person. You know, what, what, how was your diet? The one beautiful thing about the NFL and American football is there is a position for every size. And because mm -hmm. of that, people eat different. So you have mm -hmm. to understand your body and that's the key. I was a guy who needed to gain weight and put on weight and maintain weight. Uh, I burned a lot of calories and I would lose so much weight in the season. So my diet 
was set up where I had to consume a ton of calories or else I would get too light. And if I got too light, I would get pushed around. That's the reverse mm -hmm. for other players. Other players, maybe they could gain weight. They had to watch their weight, so they had to consume less calories. So it was all based on uh, what you needed to do as an individual and kind of they provided you with the resources to understand that. We would get weighed on Fridays and we made sure we were where our allocation was. Uh, you know, I could, guys would get fined if they were too big. I got fined because I was too small. I would, I was, really? yeah, I was too little. Yeah, it was, it was a team I played for. The coach was like, I can't have you this small. You got to, you know, it was a, I had a five pound kind of window where, you know, I, and I knew how to make sure I had those five pounds, but yeah, it was, it's very, it's, it's, it's very, it's based on the individual, but I will say the best players I've ever been around are ones who treat their diet as serious as anything else. What they consume is the most important thing. That is what allows them to play long. It keeps inflammation down and it keeps their performance up all the positive things. Uh, so mm. diet nutrition is number one. So give me an example of like what the average day was for you at the height of sort of playing. So during the season, I would say it started, I probably left my house around 6 a.m., 6.30, uh, got to first meeting at 7. And meetings pretty much all day. You're on the field for about an hour and a half. You're in the weight room for about an hour. But most of the day is set in a meeting room going over tactics. So, you know, at that time, you know, you, you can, you know, you know how to snack, right? You know how to stay hydrated, all those kind of things. But we spent a lot of time watching tape. Uh, I didn't leave the facility mm. probably till around seven at night. Uh, and I was there wow. all day getting everything. I, I was the kind of person got it all done there. Uh, and the best players I've been around, our quarterback who won two Super Bowls, he was there before everybody. And when I was leaving, he was still there. He was still there. I love that. That's insane. And so, so like, give me an example of like the meals you were eating because you're saying that like you need to put weight on, but it's not as simple as saying like, oh, I'm just going to go and eat a few pizzas or is it, you know, no. you've got to be very clever about it, right? We're not saying that you need to like eat junk food. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you know, it got lucky when I, when I got to Houston and it, that team, it was the first year of the team they had started. And it was the first time I was introduced to the whole cafeteria model. Now, now every team, has personal chefs and all that kind of stuff in there. But when I got to Houston, they had that. So everything was right there in front of you. Uh, you were picking healthy foods. Uh, so it was whatever you wanted um, was right. You didn't, you didn't have to think about it. So, you know, mm -hmm. I knew for me personally, I, I, had to, I had to eat a lot of protein, but I, I, I kind of chilled out on the carbs, but a lot of greens. Mm -hmm. You know, that really worked for me. And I figured I figured that out about myself. But I had a trick on game day, which was peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> and a friend of mine told me how peanut butter was this pure carbohydrate type thing. I, could, I didn't even understand it, but he was right. I used to spend so much time, you know, eating steak and all these carbs, getting ready for a game. If I ate two peanut butter sandwiches, no jelly, just peanut butter, that sustained me for the entire game. I don't know why it worked. That, do you know what? That doesn't surprise me because I'm just going to like 
boast a little bit my only like touch at anything overly sporty that I can be proud of is that I ran the London Marathon a few years ago and I know that if any of my friends are going to listen to this they're going to be crying with laughter because I made such a big deal about it because it was so big for me but the do you know what my race day meal was it was peanut butter on toast that was the only thing that I could eat because not only did it like it's slow releasing energy right so it doesn't make you feel bloated it doesn't yes. like mess with your stomach it's just there it's and also it's weirdly filling as well exactly that's the same thing and i, I that was the point of i'm glad you brought that up because you know you have nerves before any kind of performance yeah so you want your stomach to be relaxed and <laughs> yeah. that's right it doesn't feel you don't get bloated anything you're like you know what i can go conquer all i mean i do it sometimes when i have a long show I know it works for yeah. me. I still, I, it's still one of my secrets. I'm giving away the goods right now. I know. I'm going to start doing what you do now. <laughs> <laughs> All you need is that toast and peanut butter. You'd be good to go. Absolutely. And then something that I really am interested in, kind of on the flip side, because um, we're quite a big boxing household over here. So mm. my husband is really into boxing and UFC and things like that. And I'm always interested in when boxers retire and what mm. happens to their bodies. Now, when you did retire, how did that affect not only, I guess, your mental state, but also your diet? Because suddenly you weren't burning all those crazy calories every day. Did you have to massively adjust how you were eating to sort of then not sort of go the absolute other way? Wow. You know what? You're, you're absolutely. This is so important because. When you retire, you have to get mentally ready for a few things. Uh, you you got to understand there's going to be a level of depression because you're, a part of you is dying, right? So you, you get ready for what's next. But in that same phase, you need to take care of yourself as far as diet and nutrition are concerned, especially in that first year, because mm -hmm. everything's changed. The way you have lived your life, your entire life is now changed in a year. And I'd say the biggest guys have the best habits to me because those guys learn, they understand they are carrying so much unnecessary weight. You see them get skinny in a year. I mean, they don't even look wow. the same. A lot of them. You're like, you look at your former teammates and you're like, wow, you lost, you know, you lost 80 pounds, you know? So for me, it was the same way. I said, okay, I got to lose. I, and I had an injury too, a back injury. So, a lot of the uh, just the over the 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 muscles I had were giving causing me pain, so I had to lose a lot of the muscle um, and diet in a way that that worked. So it was I was very tough on my diet that first year and how I ate because to be honest, all I used to do was consume as much calories as possible. You know, I used to eat so fast, and it was a terrible habit. I had to I had to unlearn that because th mm. that was not how I was going to sustain through the rest of my life. So that was really tough to do. I never even thought about that until you said that on how hard that was um, yeah. that first year, just changing my eating habits. Well, it's kind of like, I mean, I, I'm sorry, I hate to bring it back to my, my marathon running career that lasted all the five months. But even when I stopped training with my running 
And I was still eating the same way that I was eating whilst I was doing all this running every week. I put weight on because I, of course I was going to, I wasn't, I wasn't running 40 kilometers every week anymore. <laughs> and then, you, and then on like a much more serious level, as I mentioned, you know, you see it with boxers a lot of the time, you know, you know, with boxers, you know, you can imagine the amount that they're training on a, on a day-to-day basis. And then they suddenly stop. And it's like, I guess your body kind of goes into a bit of shock. Yeah. Their relationship with, food in their body is different too because they're cutting weight so when you have to do those extremes it's a lot different and you yeah. see a lot of people in fight sports that that happens to them um mm. you know you see a lot of college wrestlers and things like that i mean they're constantly i've never had that problem and i could imagine all of a sudden you know okay you got to lose 15 20 30 pounds like that's crazy but that's what they do so you could yeah, imagine yeah. when they retire and they're not going through that cycle how difficult that is yeah, absolutely. So we are in the final days of probably the biggest, the biggest sports date of the calendar year. I mean, you're right. What amazes me about Super Bowl weekend is that it, for me anyway, as you know, someone from England. It is for me like the only date in the sports calendar that I think just like is so global on such a serious level. Why do you think that is? Because for people that might not know, what is the importance of this like major event? Well, of course I'm biased, but you got the best sport (laughs) in the world, right? The, I would say the most diverse group of athletes on any field that's ever existed there's no other sport where those that many body types and skill sets are on the same field Mm -hmm. you know people that can throw people that can kick people that can hit you know people that are big physical strong doesn't exist in any other sport and you basically have the best of the best players but the best teams and as i said earlier each year is so different Mm -hmm. nothing else matters except that year who can get on the same page? Who could be at their best at the end? And we get to watch that. And the players on the field, as a player, I'm telling you, you understand like your, your destiny and legacy is right there in front of you. Like they're thinking that. So fans who love the teams, they're thinking that. The players are thinking that. Everybody knows what's online, which makes for a great event every single year. I just feel like there's something about the patriotism of like American football that we don't really like we have it in the UK, obviously, you know, like the premiership is so big. But I feel like with you guys, when when you have certain teams playing, it's like the whole like everyone's coming out for it, you know, whereas I think with the UK, because within each sort of sector of the country you have like a few teams there's so many politics there's everyone's divided right if you're in north london everyone's fighting each other like it's such a different atmosphere and i kind of like what you guys have because you just it, it brings a whole community together yeah and it doesn't matter where you're from in the country you can choose your team You can be a kid from California like I was that fell in love with the New York Giants because that was the first team I watched. I grew up a Giants Mm. fan, had no business being a Giants fan, but I loved them because when I got introduced to the game, they were doing well. And for the rest of my life, I have been a Giants 
fan. So that was your childhood team? Yes. My neighbor who I who got me involved with the game, they were Giants fans, and I was going to their house, watching the games, and that's that's when it all happened. So how did it feel when you finally managed to like play for them? That's like huge. Oh, very strange. Yeah. Last team I played for and the first team I ever played for. I have a picture that's in incredible. here. The, the first team was the Giants, uh, and I was 14 years old or 13, and the last team was the Giants. Yeah, just wow. sometimes when I think about it, it scares me. You know, yeah. Just, but yeah, You're just that, like, that, did that actually happen? <laughs> did that happen? And just like that. So where are you going to be watching the game? Well, I'll be here do, broadcasting live for the BBC. So yeah, that that's I'll I'll be back here doing it. So um, I'll be watching it with everybody else in this country, having a great time, trying to keep everybody up and motivated. So uh, I'm, I'm trooping with my troops. And if you are allowed, who, I mean, what are your predictions? I mean, we are, full disclosure, we are recording before we actually know who the final teams that are going to be playing yeah. on the uh, on Sunday. But what are your predictions for the final? Who do you think is going to make it? You know, I would love for the Los Angeles Rams, because it's in L.A., to yeah. play. Uh, I would love for them to play against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, but I, yeah, that's that would be my number one. If that happens, okay. I'm cool. Do you know what? If you've predicted this and this is right, please remember this moment next Sunday, okay? <laughs> hey, we're gonna, we're gonna both look like geniuses, <laughs> literally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the other big thing that I can't not talk about when we talk about the Super Bowl, and for people who may just not be into sports, the biggest sort of other sort of cultural part of it is obviously the halftime show. Oh, yeah. Now, I am so excited about this year, may I just say. I only just, mm -hmm. I, I don't know why, I only just found out a couple of days ago who's doing it. I think it's like Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Eminem. You've yeah. got like everyone. Yeah. I mean, that Kendrick is going to be Lamar, insane. Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar, yeah. Mary J. Blige. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh my yeah. God, like my whole teenage, like childhood, whatever, is like going to yeah. be like, facing me. So who, who's been your favorite halftime show performer? Oh, wow. That's t I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be this year. Just because okay. I'm a West Coast guy. You know, I'm from, I'm from L.A. So this is, I'm from Long Beach. This is Snoop Dogg. He, he yeah. you know, he's, he's our everything. So I'm all about it. I'm very excited for this year. I mean, each year I'm happy. It's always a great mm. performance. It's always a show. I mean, it's 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 an amazing experience to just witness it because just like the players on the field feel that pressure, those performers up there are giving it their all. So it's going to be mm. super cool. But this one, it's going to be the best hands down. Just watch it for that. Um, no, I, <laughs> I mean, look, I'm, I'm just going to watch it all because now that I've met you, I feel like I owe that to the world that I am going to watch the whole thing. So... I'm, I'm, I'm in it for the long run, but I and have to just say that you're my a food expert, like this is the, this is the Mecca of all food, the Super Bowl. Like people are wow. showing out on a Super Bowl party. They are bringing out the goods. Oh, well, that brings me on to my next question, which is what are you, I know you're broadcasting, but what are you going to be eating when you do have a break? Oh, I'm, 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 I'm going to try to stay. I'm going to try to eat healthy because I need my energy. But if I was at a party, if I was at okay. a Super Bowl party, there would be 
a plate of chicken wings so high that people would look at me and think, what has he ever eaten before? Like, this is just, he's just, <laughs> he is over here disrespecting himself. And it would be, it, it would be like that. I mean, I would eat so many wings, uh, pizza, of course. I take the oh, cheese of off because I'm lactose intolerant. Just sharing information oh, nobody God. needs to know. I'm, I, do you know what? I, I'm so sorry about that. It's okay. You can't win I, at everything, no, right? That, no, well, exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah. I, I mean, mean, I you, uh, can we can we add some nachos to that as well? I'd like nachos some nachos sure. with some dip. Okay, cool. It's, it's a must. Everything is there. And what whatever are we drinking? Are we want. drinking beer? You, whatever floats your boat. It's available. Okay. That's the beauty of Super okay, Bowl. Okay, fine. Yeah. Okay. I might do, I might, I might sip tequila. Necessary. <laughs> ne- I mean, what there's, this is, this is perfectly acceptable. Like, yes. Okay, cool. So basically anything goes, that's it. Just anything goes, whatever. Bring your best. It's the Super Bowl. Cool. They're bringing okay. their best on the field. You bring your best off the field. Fine. Well, that's my role. Cause I know I'm definitely not on the field. Bringing it a little bit back to the food. Um, first of all, can you cook? <laughs> I'm a survival cook. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> that means I'll, I'll, I will survive. I, will. <laughs> I won't. I won't force anybody to eat my food, but uh, I will not go hungry. <laughs> what? So, what is it? Why can't you cook? Or what, what, why are you a survival cook? I'm surrounded by people that are great cooks. Surrounded. Fair. Just, and they love cooking. So it's, mm. you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm just, I'm a good guinea pig. I eat all the food. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, that's kind of what it is. And, and I, I've learned things and I have things that I want to do that I can cook, but yeah, I, I leave that to the pros. Yeah. No, you know, your place. Yeah, I'm, I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not great at it. <laughs> <laughs> I cooked stuff and then ate it, and I went, I would not subject anybody to this. Home. Right? Okay. So yeah, we'll leave, yeah. we'll leave that there. We'll leave that there. Uh, what do you miss food-wise that you can't get here in the U.S.? Any certain Ooh. snacks that you love? Probably, like real authentic Mexican tacos. Like I love tacos and, yeah. you know, uh, you know, where I am in California. I was just about uh, to say you're, you're yeah. you come from California, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even when I went to Texas and they had Tex-Mex, it was a whole different, you know, taste mm-hmm. and flavor. So that, that's what I, I really miss that. And when you do have some time off, where are some of your favorite restaurants? Ooh, my favorite restaurants in London yeah, or in the world? Sure. And Lon- let's do London for now. There's this place, Cove Club? Cove. Oh. It's, I think it got a couple Michelin stars. It was really. Is it called, is it called uh, Clove Club? Yeah, I think is so. Is it Clove? I don't or know. Or Cinnamon Club? No, but that sounds great too. There's a place <laughs> called Black Axe. That was by Arsenal Stadium. Amazing. Oh my God, Black's a- Black Axe Mangal. Yes. I'm desperate to go there. It's on my wow. list. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And really enjoyed um, that. You just mentioned Arsenal. Does that mean that you're an Arsenal fan? No, 
It does not mean that. Good. But I have been to a lot of Arsenal games. <laughs> I am a I am a North London fan. No, like I'm okay. I'm, 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 I'm I'm a Tottenham I'm a Tottenham fan. But are the you? first game I ever went to was an Arsenal game, and okay. I've so been to are, many. So you are so you are a Spurs fan. I am. Yeah. Okay, my dad would be very happy to hear that. See, I, your dad's cool. That's what's up. <laughs> Except I then, I then I then married an Arsenal fan, so it didn't go down so well. Listen, you have to diversify. <laughs> That's all you're doing? Mm, Diversification. Nah, it's, it's, too, it's too political. It's too political. <laughs> <laughs> so I always end my conversations with a few quick fire questions. Here we go. Cool. What is the craziest food you've ever eaten? Chitlins. What? Pig intestine. Yes, it's a it's a southern dish in America. Oh, oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, Don't eat them. What's it like? No, it's, it's it's it'll smell your whole house up. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Okay, not for me. Don't do it. Wow, no. you're brave. What has been your most memorable meal? You know what? I remember vividly. Wow, you bring me back. When after my daughter was born, everybody was so exhausted, and I remember coming back and eating. And it was Chinese food and because nobody wanted to cook. And it just, it was so good. But I, it's tied to my daughter's birth. So I think that's why it's like I love there. that. Yeah. I love that. Oh, that's so, that, yeah, that's very nostalgic. My, my, my okay. chef was, was, was out of commission. So it was, you know, <laughs> and I wasn't going to cook. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so my favorite snack of all time is a packet of crisps, which for all the Americans out there is a packet mm-hmm. of chips. Uh, what is your favorite flavor of crisps, chips, um, and why? Crisp and chips. So definitely, probably barbecue chips. Barbecue like okay. Lay's chips. Yeah, which, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. okay, like, like okay, fine. Got you, got you. Yeah, yeah. Just the barbecue flavor. They get kind of smoky, kind of. Yeah. Okay. I don't feel like because I know that Lay's equivalent in the UK is Walkers. I don't think Walkers do a barbecue flavor. They probably do like a roast beef flavor. They do, and it's good. <laughs> and it is nice. I've had it. I like it. Yes. <laughs> really good. Okay. He likes that real deep, deep taste. Yeah. What food sums up happiness for you? Probably Asian fusion. Yes. It's it's just never been bad. I agree. Where where's been some of the best places you've had Asian fusion food? I will say, you know, some of the real top fancy ones are cool, but most of them have been in New York City and just hole in the wall places. Like yeah. just uh East Village, what is this place? Amazing. Yeah, 100%. I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Final question. Live to eat or eat to live? Live to eat. Hey, that's my guy. (laughs) Live to eat. Live to eat for sure. Oh, Jason, thank you so much for joining me. I wish you all the best of luck for Super Bowl weekend. I will be tuning in. Um, If you get your, if your predictions are right, then you might have a new career as a psychic. You can follow Jason on social media at jasonbell33. Until next time. All right. Thank you. 
Thank you for tuning in. If you love what you hear, please subscribe and review. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Crazy Sexy Food and check out the Crazy Sexy Food YouTube channel. Until next time, bye.